So, so far you've got your muscle, you've got Maid Marian, right? You've got your honeypot and Alcibiades. You've got your tech guy, your guy in the chair. That's Leonardo da Vinci. You've pulled in, uh, what's his name from the Arthurian Knights, the funny one, to be your comic relief. Dinadon. Okay, here's here's the B plot. At some point in the heist, we accidentally kidnap Tripitaka. <laughs> and then, like, the rest oh, of the crew is no. just after us the whole time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I am Blue. I am joined by Red. Hello. Our producer and editor Indigo is lurking somewhere off in the shadows, and this is the Overly Sarcastic Podcast, the first of its name. Um, this is this is new. This is this is exciting, isn't it, Red? Yeah, it's very exciting. Neither. Well, okay. I say neither of us. I have no idea what I'm doing because I've never been on a podcast before, except as an <laughs> interviewee. Blue, on the other hand, has a whole year of experience under his belt, so he's uh, he's the one who's like, yeah, this is going to be fine, no problem. And I'm just like, yeah. uh-huh, how, how talk, though? How do? <laughs> it's it, it's weird. I mean, like, we make videos all the time. We're on live streams often, and right now it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is new. I'm nervous. But we've never had more of a safety net because if we mess up, we can edit that as opposed to, like, last week when we tried to do a Journey live stream to raise money uh, for the Red Cross for the Western Wildfires Relief. And the pod, uh, not the podcast, and the live stream fully broke on us within 10 minutes. So we don't even have to worry about that stuff. And still, it's like, oh, this is new. This is exciting. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, uh, like, it's so much lower stakes than anything else we've done because it's just like, oh, I have to talk into a mic with my friend for, like, 30 minutes to an hour. Be still my heart. This yeah. is like 50 times simpler than anything else I've ever had to do for the channel. Yeah, anyway, exactly. Yeah, no, this, this is fun. And yeah. apparently uh, uh, a lot of you wonderful uh, OSP audience people uh, are really excited about this in a way that somewhat surprised us because we put out the announcement video like, oh, you know, this will be fun. Like people will watch it. You know, our announcement videos don't usually get like the most traffic. And then it landed on trending. And it was like trended. our number one performing video for a while. <laughs> Neither of the last of our two videos trended, but the announcement video trended. So I a guess the moral of the story is we should have done this long, long ago. But yeah, geez. behold, um, we're here. Uh, it wouldn't be OSP if it wasn't somehow kind of a mess. <laughs> Shambolic, as, the, as, uh, as one could say. Yeah. Uh, so, so, speaking of those last two videos that didn't trend when our announcement video <laughs> did. <laughs> uh, yeah. First, uh, we had your video, uh, Rome Remastered, as it were, uh, and <laughs> my, my Grimdark trope talk. Uh, yeah. So, uh, shall we discuss Rome Remastered? The, the Remastered edition. Uh, yeah, so basically the, the premise for what we're going to be doing on this here podcast is kind of talk and shop of, of our last two videos, just like, you know, breaking down some behind the scenes stuff, talking about, you know, what was interesting in the research process, anything we we learned that we, you know, couldn't make it into the video, any like hilarious mishaps along the way, um, and just, you know, issuing any like corrections, clarifications, further discussion on points that were, you know, touched on by our, our, our people in the community. And then the second half of the show is gonna be mostly um, comments and discussions and questions from our Discord. Uh, our yeah. wonderful OSP Discord um, from the Ask OS Pod channel. So uh, first things first, yeah, let's talk about this uh, this Rome uh, remastered business or history resummarized. Um, I call it. Some people said <laughs> I should have called it history Rome resum. I don't know. I got oh, I got confused. I, I was doubling <laughs> over on on the puns and eventually lost Too many track. Puns. 
But yeah. this was uh, an idea that kind of first came to me weirdly enough while watching Good Eats Reloaded uh, from the <gasps> Food Network. Oh my uh, jam! Cyan and I were, were were watching some some cooking television over the past few um, few weeks and months, and one of the shows that I thought was very interesting was Alton Brown's Good Eats Reloaded, where he kind of dug back into his old catalog of videos and like polished it off, you know, like uh, dusted it up, issued some corrections where need be, and I thought. It's actually very interesting, and I, I thought of the idea of, like, taking some of my older videos that, like, make sense in a series and kind of stitching them together, keeping the, the audio pretty much as it was, because if, if I'm, you know, re-recording it, I might as well rewrite it, and if I'm rewriting it, then I'm starting from scratch, and then the whole point of the project is just <laughs> totally <laughs> gone, and I'm just making a yeah. new video, it's not a remaster anymore, so keeping all of the audio as it was, stitching it all together, and then, you know, making brand new visuals from scratch with new maps and extra little details and some visual notes on screen where I can issue corrections, like um, where I said, you know, oh, call, uh, Carthage and salting the earth, a, a, a total myth, uh, as mm -hmm. I uh, was uh, embarrassed to find out very soon after I first published that video. But the, <laughs> the great thing about this is that Thanks, I can kind of go section. back. Yeah, um, Sorry, and I'll, no, I mean I'll, I'll mention that more in a second. But the great thing is that <laughs> I can I can go back to some of my older videos, like the the Rome series, which I, I always intended kind of to be like one big narrative arc, um, and just you know put it together, tidy it up, and make it you know the definitive version to go back to. So I mean, if you saw the original version, you know it still still holds up all right. But like if you're ever gonna go back, like for a class or whatever, like this is the version you go to. Like here it is. It's all shiny. It's it's new and better. So that was the the idea of of, of putting things you know together like that. And I was a little surprised that the community response to it was so overwhelmingly positive. Of like, this was great. I really like this idea. Like, please do more of these. I was expecting, like, yeah. you know, I was expecting it to do, you know, okay, but not like fantastic. And like, the like to dislike ratio was was, was astronomical. Um, yeah. I mean, it's always quite high, but I mean, you know, you really have to goof to get below eighty percent likes. Um, oh yeah, our yeah, channel uh, is so but, nice. Even I was I was so pleased with with how well it went over. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to doing more. I'm not gonna yeah. go too fast because I only have so many videos in my back catalog. But I'm thinking <laughs> like you know seasonally like you know two or three a year I think is is a good pace to go at. So um, definitely more of those to come. But uh, yeah, sorry, Red, you were gonna say something. I was just kind of oh, blathering for a few minutes. I was just gonna say uh, our because our community is like so freaking nice. I think even the I think. Even the Lovecraft video, which is by far my most controversial thing I've ever done, <laughs> has like a solid 90% like-dislike. Mm -hmm. uh, I was, uh, uh, just a quick tangent, after that video first went up, I, I do remember I was a little bit upset at how butthurt people were getting over the highly controversial take that maybe the racist man was racist in his life. Uh, <laughs> and I think my dad was like, Sweetie, your your like dislike ratio is like ninety two percent. You're still pulling in like dictator numbers of approval. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? That's fair. <laughs> I'll stop being so butthurt about this. Anyway, yeah. Somewhere, sorry. King Jong Un is like furiously taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only at eighty five percent on my best day. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Oh God. Anyway. Um. Yeah. But yeah, no. That that video really went over well, and I think you handled the remastering very well because um I know the temptation to uh to just go in and fix everything is so strong mm -hmm. and i think not re-recording it was the way to go because um yeah I, I i learned an anecdote in in a materials and techniques art class i took in college uh where basically uh sometimes when they're doing like restoration of paintings for a while they would like call in the original artist and be like hey can you maybe touch this thing up just like right here the paint is flaking off and we're trying to preserve it because that's kind of what materials and techniques work is in art and uh mm -hmm. 
they did that once and then the painter brought the painting back and he had completely repainted the entire thing <laughs> and they were like what the hell yeah. and he was like it wasn't right i hated it and it's like oh god so now they just never they never let the original yeah. artist at the painting when they're retouching it they're like no we're just gonna glue the paint chips back on by ourselves you've yeah. lost your privileges <laughs> so i can imagine yeah. like the people in rome redoing the sistine chapel ceiling in the 90s is like is michelangelo dead oh thank god <laughs> <laughs> god he would be repainting every butt in this chapel and we wouldn't be able to stop him <laughs> Yeah, so I, th I think the way uh, you handled it was very, uh, very healthy because yeah, I, I I think back on some of my older videos and like I hurt thinking about how much it would take to like redraw every frame in the Iliad and the Odyssey mm -hmm. and, but you know the temptation is there and if nothing else maybe I could jump amp up the audio quality where sometimes it's a little bit eh or but no yeah. no if I if I go down that rabbit yeah. hole I I it's... never leave and I stop making new content and that's not exactly good. Yeah, yeah there there's. And and I know Red, you told me there's a similar thing with um with like webcomic artists where they oh, do yeah. their intro section and get kind of like into chapters two and three and it's like well I've gotten better let me just redo the beginning of it and then eventually you're in an infinite like regression loop of just redoing your intro you know every mm -hmm. uh, every year or two. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think the the smartest thing in this process was like setting a hard cutoff with not touching the audio was like the best thing I could have done for myself because um, obviously it would have been, you know, impossible to, to stop and just not make a whole new video from scratch. But the thing I did was like go back and cut some things out. So, you know, I had a discussion of the Punic Wars in the original Roman Republic video that I just got rid of because the Punic Wars video ended up being a lot better for that. So I could, you know, kind of adjust it as needed, but still focus on the visuals of it. So all the maps are new and updated. There's a lot of new visual notes, like talking about how the, like, salting the earth thing is a myth because there was, you know, a new city of, of, of Nova Carthago afterwards, and there's nowhere near enough salt uh, in the <laughs> Roman economy to, to destroy a city like that. But um, I also made the change of redoing the colors for Rome and Carthage because in that original video, I had it so that Rome was red and Carthage was green, but the exact mm. same, like, light and dark shade, oh, which ended right. up being impossible for anybody who was colorblind. Um, yeah. Specifically with uh, Deuteranopia, where it's, you know, red-green, um, it was just absolutely a nightmare. Um, and I realized afterwards, after putting it up, like, so many comments are like, hey, Blue, like, I know that, you know, this is a, a minority population thing, but like, boy, this was rough with colorblindness. I'm like, oh no. So I, I went back yeah. and I changed the hues. I made Carthage purple instead. And I was like, ah, like, so these are the things that I can fix when I'm going back. Like, you know, adding visual notes, adding, you know, clarity, making everything all nice and shiny. So I really like the way that this uh, turned out. Um, you know, not not going into to touching any of my original arguments um, mm. uh, for all the problems involved in the way that um, I, I discuss Caesar and maybe give him a little bit of a pass. Uh, <laughs> but um, overall, I, I really like this project because I was able to like, go through and obviously make it better and, and make it nice for people to, to go back to nothing. Like, oh man, this is, this is really old. But yeah. it reminds me of like, yeah, like this video is like these these videos were still pretty solid. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm really pleased with this. Uh, oh, that so is it's, the it's best It's good, feeling. and I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing more. Um, there's there's the Age of Augustus series with those three videos. There's the Roman Republic, or uh, there's the Roman Empire, uh, the Byzantine oh. videos, which, <laughs> part three, coming eventually, um, India, <laughs> China, and a, and a whole bunch of uh, others that can definitely benefit from a tweak. So, um, really, uh, thank you all so much for, for being so uh, appreciative and, and um, uh, welcoming of this new format. I, I hope that uh, the future ones also live up to your um, rightfully high expectations of content. So <laughs> I was deeply pleased with uh, with my last video, even if it didn't yeah. get trending or anything. But um, Red, you had uh, Grimdark, uh, the yeah. trope talk uh, after that. So 
Walk me through that process and how much Frank Miller you had to slog Ugh. through. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, well, to start with, um, I want to begin with the caveat that despite my, uh, my difficulties with this genre, I do not inherently believe that any genre of fiction is bad and shouldn't be made. I, I am not in favor of that. That said, Grimdark is not my favorite. It, it's not even in the top, like, 50. It's just, <laughs> ugh. Um, so the reason why I started thinking about this is because uh, fairly recently-ish, I mean, time is an illusion, especially right now, but semi-recently, like in the last couple months, The Last of Us 2 came out. And there mm. was a lot of discussion about yeah. its tone and its ending. And, you know... A lot of people were like, this is the biggest downer I've ever experienced. I am so bummed. I don't like this. Why did you spoil the kind of open-ended, bittersweet ending of the original by giving it just a bitter ending? And yeah. I was like, okay, okay, I get it. And the thing is, I, I haven't played The Last of Us 2. I cannot speak to the accuracy of this assessment. I've heard a lot of people say it's quite good. I know that a lot of the hatred it got was very unjustified and directed at entirely mm -hmm. innocent people. I swear to God, if I find out any of you were sassing Laura Bailey on Twitter, I will find you. So, uh, <clears throat> so when this happened, uh, I was like, you know what? I feel like there's this like really pervasive trend of making these stories that were originally kind of melancholy just darker and darker and more and more hopeless until there's nothing left. And I don't know how I feel about that. Actually, I do. I hate it. Let's talk about that. <laughs> so I started writing up this trope talk on Grimdark because I was like, you know what? <clears throat> this is a term I've thrown around a lot before. Maybe I should actually talk about what it means. So I started writing this up and somewhere along the line, I was like, you know what? I should probably do some research. So I read Sin City, all of it. And, uh, hmm, not sure I'd recommend that experience. Uh, <laughs> it's just, Frank Miller is really the platonic ideal of a grimdark writer, which is not to say I think he's particularly good. Um, I, I think he's very good at a lot of things. I think his art, among other things, is very striking. He uses these very, very um, visually impressive, just two-tone, he, he uses light and shadow incredibly interestingly. Uh, that said, I wouldn't describe his art as particularly pretty. He uses this very chunky, abrasive style. It's, you know, whatever. That's the yeah, least you, important Yeah, you can part. cut yourself on his line art. <clears throat> yeah, basically. Uh, I, I read through all of Sin City, and it was pretty interesting because it, it varies internally, but when it hits its lows, it is like the ultimate grimdark narrative. It's, yes, the world is awful, everything is corrupt, you are just totally boned, everybody is miserable and kind of suicidal all the time, let's tell a story in that world. And I was like, oh, do we have to? The weird thing is, uh, despite how hilarious, <laughs> unintentionally, those comics are in a lot of places, uh, some of them were actually quite compelling, and I did kind of bring this up in the video. Um, there's a few stories where they successfully get you in the character's head enough that you kind of start buying their grimdark motivation of like, I'm going to do this one cathartic thing and then I'm going to die. And you're like, yeah, you, you do that, buddy. <laughs> you, you get that catharsis. And I think that's really impressive because if there was anyone I wouldn't expect that to ever work on, it's me. But I was still kind of yeah. like, yeah, I get it. This guy's life sucks. So I, I kind of see what they're going for. And uh, I thought that was impressive. Um, and I can see why these stories are so compelling to some people, but you know, ultimately, I it doesn't counterbalance the outright ridiculousness and the the goofiness and just how 
cartoonishly awful everything is. I think that's yeah. the thing that I, I didn't actually talk about this in the video because I was too busy being like, I don't like this genre very much. But a lot of the time, Grimdark kind of loops back around to being hilarious. Not <laughs> intentionally, ever. It's just so over the top that you're just like, my God, seriously? This is a, this is basically the entire f phenomenon of Warhammer 40K's fan base. Uh, nobody I know takes Warhammer 40K seriously. Like, they all like it. It's fun. It's just like... Come on, you, you can't seriously, you can't take this stuff at face value, right? It's like, oh, I'll hail the emperor. Come on, you guys. This is, you're basically reading a splat book that's entirely empire propaganda in universe. You <laughs> cannot possibly be taking this seriously. And they don't. They, they don't. Yeah, they don't I, take this seriously. That was one of the things I thought was very interesting about the uh, the comments was, uh, to some degree, the uh, the Warhammer 40k fans were, were happy to be included in a trope talk because that's not, like, the place that you'd expect to see Warhammer 40k crop up. But Dude. they were like... Super thrilled with the way that you handle it from what I gathered of just like, yeah, like this is a mess in the most entertaining <laughs> way possible. Um, Honestly, so I think yeah. like the way that they are kind of almost in on the joke, and I'm not going to pretend to understand like the subculture of Warhammer 40k for like a nanosecond, but mm. um, it seemed like, you know, the read to your point, like not taking it 100% seriously and like going like shoulders deep uh, in the, the blood pool that is grimdark um, actually does make some elements of it enjoyable. And I well, think that's one of the points of confusion um, for some people in the video was like, what is and isn't grimdark? Um, so like, I know you, yeah. you defined it, but there, there seems to be some, some wiggle room in how other people were, were approaching the subject. Well, I wanted to, first of all, mention that, yes, the 40K fans were by far the most positive part of the comment section. I see you guys. <laughs> I love you guys. I played Eldar for like four years. I get it. Um, and I, I did see a lot of people being like, holy shit, she's one of us. It's like, yeah, guys, I was in high school, but yeah, I did it. I had a good time. Uh, I Part of the reason I stopped playing is because the edition I played, the Eldar were super nerfed and I was just constantly losing in really frustrating ways. And I was just like, oh, whatever. So... Yeah, I, I've heard that I got out at exactly the wrong time and the Eldar got super buffed later, but you know what? That's not important. Um, but yeah, the 40k fans in the audience were just like, oh, hell yeah, this rules. All <laughs> hail the Emperor. Caiaphas Kane, hero of the Imperium. It's probably Caiaphas, whatever. Um, so, so I thought that was really fun. But a lot of the other comments were people being like, well, I just don't agree with your Grimdark definition. Personally, by my definition, Grimdark rules and is in fact the truest form of media. And it's like, wow, it's almost like you didn't watch the video. But anyway... Um, Grimdark, <sighs> as I said in the video, there's a difference between Grim and Dark stories and Grimdark. Grimdark is the absence of all hope, and there are a lot of stories like that. I, I get people being like, well, I think this is a straw man, and it's like, read Sin City, my god, I'm not just making this stuff up, I put examples in the video for a reason. Hey, let um, me be slightly charitable to the comments section and try to highlight the like the very minor difference in nomenclature between grimdark and say dark and gritty where i right. think that might be what what the stumbling point is where, where someone like thinks of one and immediately thinks of the other um because a lot of people do talk about them in the same breath um so how would you like split those up well that's why i put in the video a difference in definition because i wanted yeah. to avoid that exact thing i should have just put in a comment kaiju people always listen to the comment kaiju comment um, kaiju has power i, I will say comment yeah. kaiju is really effective at just like heading off the uh the the easy like logic traps yeah but no i i um basically 
Grimdark, like I said, is a setting that has no heroes, no happy ending, and gray and gray morality. Those three factors are the key factors of Grimdark. Uh, and again, Sin City. I read all of it just to make sure I was not like pulling out a straw man. And it's like, no, all of those apply. Your, your protagonists mm -hmm. in Sin City are not heroes. The morality of their actions doesn't matter. And the happiest ending you usually get is, we killed the bad guys and maybe died in the process. Woo, moving on. And you, you just yeah. not... It's not a happy yeah. ending. It might be cathartic, but it's not happy. So that's grimdark. Stories yeah. that are gritty and dark can have, you know, any two of those or any one of those. But like, like I mentioned, you can have a hero in a setting that would otherwise be grimdark and either the hero is broken by the grimdark world or they change the grimdark world and it becomes not grimdark. Yeah. Um, there's actually a, a Ghibli movie that I think qualifies as that. Uh, Naushika or uh, of the Valley of the Wind which is a very, very grim post-apocalyptic setting. World is covered in like this horrible fungus forest. Everybody's dying. Everything sucks. Everyone's at war, except the main character is a hero and she actually does save the day and like changes the world. And I thought that, you know, that was a really good example of a case where you have a grimdark setting and one person who refuses to let it be like that. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's gritty and dark, but a lot of people don't even notice because the colors are bright mm -hmm. and there's a yeah. protagonist. <clears throat> Could I condense what you're saying by basically splitting the difference as like, if something is gritty and dark, that's a matter of tone, but grim dark is a genre in the way that the other stuff isn't. Yeah, is I mean, accurate? fundamentally, I'd say that just fundamentally the key factor is that grim dark doesn't have hope in it and gritty and dark yeah. stories can have hope in it. And that's the key difference. Uh, and I, I will say, uh, as much as I complain about some of the comments being like, okay, so you weren't listening. I, there were... We've gotten some comments on the video and some comments on Twitter that were like, hey, listen, I really, really needed that last bit. Thanks. And it's like, oh, OK, I'm, I'm glad it helped, because if, if people haven't seen the end of that video is basically just talking about hope as motivator and how mm -hmm. pa uh, sorry, pessimistic nihilism just kind of tells you to stop fighting and don't you, you need hope to keep you motivated. And if something if a story is telling you that there is no hope. I, I'll i forgive a lot of Grimdark, but that part I genuinely <laughs> really hate because it has real-world consequences. It teaches people that yeah. there is no hope, and that's unforgivably terrible. So, yep. yeah. If, if I yeah, get no, emotional that's... about this, it's because now of all times, <laughs> I think we need yeah. more motivation to continue on. And, and when people are like, well, I read this comic book that made some really good points about how hope is actually dumb, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> Miller! <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, I, I I think that you know a lot of times there are stories, or rather there are, there are lessons that can be taken from the topics we cover in tropes, in myths, in literature, in history. But these past two weeks, the fall of the Roman Republic and grim dark nihilism have not. <laughs> you know, we we haven't quite had a, a two week pair of videos that seem so relevant. Um, and obviously, yeah. you know, people say like, oh my gosh, it's like watching the fall of the Roman Republic in real time. Like, no, like the American situation is very different from the Roman Republic. We have not actively had seven civil wars in the past hundred years. We have our own <laughs> problems. They are very different. Uh -huh. mm. But uh, I, I think it is kind of fun that we've uh, we've had two videos that kind of hit the topical nail uh, smack on the head and uh, split the whole piece of wood that it's being nailed into <laughs> in general. It's um, almost like we've had this on our mind lately or something. Yeah. Anyway. Art informs life, informs art. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, so uh, we're glad that uh, you all seemed to enjoy uh, these past couple of videos. Um, obviously, we're always glad when you guys enjoy these videos, but, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, th there are ways that, you know, we can uh, gauge, you know, how well uh, uh, an audience responds and, and how much you are you all as the audience are able to enjoy the videos without it hitting trending. Like, the comments and, and everything really means a lot. So we we do genuinely enjoy, like, reading the discussion, even if we're not always, like, in there responding. So um, yeah. it always makes us feel good when you let us know your thoughts, whether it is positive or uh, constructive criticism. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Should we, uh, should we do some questions? I think we should take some questions, yeah. Hell yeah. This is a, so, um, <clears throat> while, uh, while you pull that up, I can explain what we're going to be doing in layman's terms, assuming I understand <laughs> Well, it. only one way uh, to find out if you understand so, it. So, <laughs> oh pop God, quiz. It's, like a, it's like a pop quiz. Uh, so, as I understand it, and bear in mind, a lot of this planning happened while I was either asleep or just woken up. Uh, so, be nice. Grade me on a curve. Uh, we're basically <laughs> going to be taking some questions from the uh, Ask OS Pod room on our Discord. Uh, I assume we're going to have a It'll link It'll be to that in the description below. Uh, I learned the hard way on our podcast announcement that you should never put a Discord invite link above the fold of a description because then it's one click away. Uh, and then yeah. suddenly you have 600 people joining the Discord in like 10 minutes. And then your Sorry, wonderful mods. admin and moderator staff are panicked over the sudden influx of people seemingly <laughs> out of nowhere. So, uh, yeah. Oops. Uh, right. So we're uh, we've collected some interesting questions from that room, which was open for a fairly brief window the day of announcement because it got absolutely <laughs> swamped. And then I think we opened it for a couple hours before we just started recording. Yeah, so it's we been open for, for two questions. hours. Right. Uh, and we're going to take some of those questions and talk about them. Yeah. Red, you, you did it. Yeah. You got 100 out of uh, yeah. 100 on that pop quiz. Uh, I pulled a bunch of questions from the Discord channel. Some interesting. Oh, yes. uh, you guys were amazing, and we got enough questions for like hundreds of podcasts. So we're gonna get to as many as we can today. Uh, <laughs> oh no! And I apologize in advance if I misread your <laughs> Discord name. I'm doing my best. But with that, let's jump into <laughs> the first question we have from Napal Olina Divine Thought. What's your most controversial, irrelevant, unpopular opinion? Mine is that I like steak well done. Uh, hmm. Oh. Boo. Interesting. Uh, that that hmm. is a very hmm. fascinating question because it's not just what's your hottest take. Everyone has a hot mm -hmm. take, but your most Everyone's controversial, irrelevant, unpopular opinion. Huh. Uh, it's, does the MCU count as irrelevant these days? Because I have some thoughts. <laughs> um, I think I think that's valid. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. My go for it. Let's take the pot. That I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, my, my spicy take is that I didn't really like Infinity War and Endgame, and I was disappointed with how they wrapped up the character arcs. Yeah. yeah. Just in general, it's like, there was so much potential in this cast. Just like, I, I don't know if anyone here was like active in like MCU fan circles, in like, I don't know, 2012 to 2017, where there were so many headcanons about like, here's how I think these guys interact in their off hours. Here's how I think everyone in the Avengers Mansion has their own personalized room. And then the movies were like, that's cute. Here's another poorly choreographed fist fight. And it's like, <laughs> ah, just let these people talk to each other. My God. And yeah. then, you know, obviously I've talked about how Thor is my boy and I wasn't particularly pleased with how they treated him in those movies because I, um, I wasn't necessarily 100% on board with how he got treated in Ragnarok, but uh, I think Taika Waititi handled his character in a very interesting way, and it was kind of really obvious that 
the directors of Infinity War and Endgame were like trying to roll back every single bit of character development he got in that movie. It it, it was like watching um the you know Star Wars Episode Nine after Star Wars Episode Eight and just mm. knowing like being able to see that the director was like no forget that part forget that part none of that is true <laughs> you and it's just like uh, whoa guys yeah. whoa should we censor that by the way I think it might yeah be I funny could I could censor. throw a censor on there uh, we don't have to but we can <laughs> yes. Um, Our options I, I are the, um, uh, Yoshi Mlem, the Go sound yep. from Mario Kart, or uh, the Goose Quack uh, I'll, I'll, from Goose Game. <laughs> honk, sorry, I can send it's you a the honk. Yoshi I'll find something. I've got I this extensive yeah. library of miscellaneous extra audio sounds from all the videos I've edited for you guys now, so something within the depths of there can almost certainly oh, be used as a sensor. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. When you can tell that the director of movie B is like holding a grudge against the developments of movie A, it just pulls me right out of the story because it's like I'm, I don't know, I'm watching somebody write their burn book on, on screen and it's just like, ugh, whatever. That said, I'm not just going to, you know, bash Marvel. I think that if you want all those things, like good character dynamics and Thor being treated right, oh, you should watch yeah. Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, oh. a really good cartoon that I've talked about before because uh, it rules, rules and it's awesome. Just that a, show treats my boy Thor right. Do a trope talk just dedicated to Earth's Mightiest Heroes. <laughs> I will. I'll come up with the most specific trope available so I can just talk about that show exclusively. Trope talks. Thor being done well. <laughs> oh, look. Yeah, one example. Trope talks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God. Um, but yeah, that that's my uh, spicy, irrelevant take. My, I, I, I'm having a hard time thinking of one, but uh, my, my perhaps spiciest, irrelevant take is that my favorite... Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie is three because it's the most fun and most dumb, and those ah! two things are deeply interlinked. I I oh, watched God. the first two when I was younger. I I mean they were fine. I don't remember them very well. I'm sure if I go back, I'll like them. But m maybe the most like sacrilegious thing I can say is that I both remember the most clearly and probably enjoyed Spider-Man three the most out of that entire trilogy. <laughs> I picked the wrong time to eat my English muffin because I could not react to that with the outrage it deserved. Um, <laughs> okay, good. I, 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 I had a good answer then. That That's my, that's my yeah. spiciest irrelevant opinion. So here's, I, I actually watched all three Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies semi-recently for the first time. Um, and I will say the third one's not like that different from the first two. <laughs> you know, it's not as well executed in places, but they're all goofy, you know? It's... it's Especially uh, the second one, which is kind of held up as the gold standard of superhero movies, and it's fine. It's, I mean, it's really good in places, and I think the fight choreography is flawless, but then it's like, I mean, they're still quipping and shit. Doc Ock drops Aunt May off a building and says, Butterfingers, and you're like, wow, <laughs> he's so threatening. So, you know, it's, it's, uh. and then Spider-Man 3, I think the main thing that, the one thing I would change is that they didn't put enough stank on Venom's voice, you know? <laughs> He's just, he just sounds like Eddie Brock. He's just going, you hate the spider. I hate the, sorry, we hate the spider. It's like, ah, <laughs> oh, come on. Put a little rasp on that shit. I, I would have loved Eddie for Brock. just like a solid hour and a half of the movie to be like Peter Parker, like black suit Spider-Man, not like actively in the black suit, but like emo, edgy Peter Parker. I'm going to put uh, some dirt in your dancing eye. Dancing down the just street. Just give me more of that. Just like for a whole <laughs> film, uh, I'll take it. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's telling that the easiest thing to have controversial opinions about is movies, specifically yeah. Marvel movies. <laughs> well, well, no, we can, we can, we can have spicy takes, takes on the, uh, the Nolan films and I am not about to open that can oh, of worms red. Do not okay. start. We don't have enough time <laughs> oh, for this, but I, I guess it is, it is telling that superhero movies are just the easy go-to, uh, hot take factory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
All right. We're going spicy for this first episode. People, people are going to be so butthurt. It's like, <laughs> how dare you not like NDA? It's the end game. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. man, if you want spicy, relevant movie hot takes, just start watching movies from the 1920s and trying to, like, vent about it to anybody. Uh, <laughs> Ask me how I feel about <laughs> the like, Broadway wow, melody because so it's not good. Um, anyway, our next question <laughs> That was Yesterday Asks, which topic was the most difficult to study and find the exact accuracy for? So what was a video topic you did recently that you had a lot of trouble researching? Ooh. Okay. Well, the video's not done yet because of that exact reason. But I was researching Loki for the past five months or so. And that slippery motherfucker will not make sense. He's just, oh, God. There's like nothing. There are... No sources, because here's the thing. Here is the thing with Norse mythology. The thing with Norse mythology is the first written sources we have are from the 1200s, which is 200 years after the region was Christianized. We have nothing before that. We have like rune stones with inscriptions that have nothing to do with the images on them. And it's like, you, people are just trying to draw connections between like, well, this myth has Loki getting his lips stitched, uh, stitched shut, and this Hearthstone from roughly 1000 CE appears to show a mustachioed face with scarred lips. Maybe it's Loki. <laughs> we don't know. It's just... So all of the sources we have are 200 years post dated to the actual stuff. And uh, the main one we have, uh, the, the Prosetta, was written by Snorri Sturluson with a political agenda in mind. As near as we can tell, he was writing it because he was trying to get uh, Iceland to unify with Norway. So he was drawing on their shared pagan past, even though they'd been Christianized and were separate nations at this point. So he was like, hey guys, you know, we're Iceland and they're Norway, but hey, we're all Norsemen, right? We were all into Odin back in the day. Here are some stories about Odin. And because of this huge bias, it's like, how much of this is actually accurate? What is he reframing to make this look weird? And also, where the hell is Loki? He's like in the Prosetta, but he's nowhere before that that we can find because, oh God, it's just Voila. so annoying. It's gone. It's so <laughs> annoying. That is an and excellent And then everything answer. after it is just, oh, sorry. Everything after that, it's just like people, everyone has an opinion on Loki. Mostly they think he's Satan. He is not, but a lot of people were like, I've got a hot take for you. Maybe the bad guy in this pantheon is the bad guy in my pantheon. Woo! So... That's, I hate it. That's entirely valid. If 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 it gives uh, you folks at home any uh, reference point, uh, Red was also complaining about a very similar thing in March when we did our uh, Zelda <laughs> Dragon Rush. <laughs> I was already trying to do the preliminary. I've been working on this Loki video for so long. I was, I keep trying to like make the story make sense because. You know, I, I like doing that with the deep dives. I like being able to draw a through line and being like, he started here and then he became this and now he's this. But in Loki's case, it's like, well, he started here according to one guy who might have been doing this as an agenda and was probably discussing some kind of highly ritualized context we don't have because he didn't write that down because why would he? And then like when all these Christian translators in like the 1800s were like, I'll take a stab at this. I think this Loki fellow is probably our good buddy Lucifer. And it's like, no, he's not. Why would you say that? And then all the translations are like, yeah, good idea. I think Loki's Lucifer too. And it's like, no. So then for like yeah. 200 years, it's just Loki as Lucifer. And then recently people are like, hey, you know what? I think I just noticed a subtle theme in the Snorri Sturluson version where the Asgardians are kind of shitty. Isn't that crazy? 
crazy. It's almost like he was talking about a pantheon that he thought should have been destroyed so his god could take over, which is true. Anyway, in my brilliant new hot take, I think that the Asgardians are actually bad. And you know what? Maybe that makes Loki actually good. Let's do some hot takes where Loki's a rebel against authority. And it's like, ah. And nowadays they're like, uh, Tom Hiddleston. It's like, you don't even bring up Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> he's fine, okay? He's fine, but he's not Loki. Sit back down, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, maybe that's my most irrelevant spicy take, actually. <laughs> uh, that's valid. I, oh, God. I, having just done Vikings for a video three weeks ago, just missing the cutoff for being the discussion of, of this podcast, mm. um, I, I can... Uh, Commiserate a little bit with the uh, complete dearth uh, of useful sources. Um, that that's yeah. not true. We're 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 getting better <laughs> specifically in the past like thirty years um, with all of the like Eastern Viking diaspora because like we can finally actually go to the former USSR and like dig there <laughs> um, <laughs> and do real research. Uh, and you know, uh, so it's not just like, ah, oh, yes, the Vikings went to England and only England and then later Iceland, but also only England. It's like, guys, yep. <laughs> Uh, this is just part of my, uh, my, like, backseat rage of the new Assassin's Creed game. It's like, the History Channel Vikings already <laughs> did this nonsense. Why are you doing the same plot? Um, but for me, oh, the God. most frustrating, um, video that I worked on, um, I have to probably put it between, uh, two. Um, one of which being, um, the Cold War, just because it's not, Ooh. like, hard to research. All the information is there. The problem was just, like, organizing it. Um, and although I got some, you know, some, some comments on it saying, well, you kind of shortchanged this topic. And, you know, I, yeah. I was just kind of reassured by the amount of people who commented, this was a lot better than it had any right to be. I'm like, thank you. I will, <laughs> I will accept that because the whole thing of That's like, backhanded, but how thanks. do you like organize, you know, 60 years of, well, no, like 50 years of history into <laughs> one cohesive narrative that plays out over the entire globe. Um, you know, you can levy the criticism that most of this video on the Cold War and decolonization was just a video about the aftermath of World War II, which is kind of what the video started as. It was like, oh, it's like the 75th anniversary of Victory in Japan Day and the war ending. Like, I can do a video on the aftermath of the war. That would be so fun. <laughs> uh, boy. Um, yeah. So it, it kind of just spiraled into infinity from there. And all throughout the process, like Red and Cyan and everyone was like, you should like really telescope, you know, like the range of this video. And I'm like, no, it'll be fine. It'll be okay, <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, So, you know, that's that. But I, I feel like I made it work okay. It, it, you know, all yeah. the information was there. It was just a matter of, mm -hmm. of organizing it in a way that was like, you know, understandable because there are so many other channels that have better videos on any individual aspect of the Cold War because they talk about like the Suez crisis for 20 minutes instead of like two sentences. Mm -hmm. And that's like, of yep. course, going to be better. Um, but my goal was just to like create a timeline that people could understand if they didn't previously have the like, you know, reference point of the Cold War and decolonization because like, oh, you know, when World War II ended, you know, Britain and France were still empires. Where the hell did those go? <laughs> so yeah. that was probably the, the hardest one for me in recent memory, just to like put it in one spot. And then I treated myself by doing a video on Thucydides, which was just mwah, <laughs> wonderful, easy, <laughs> so straightforward. And then I'm kind of, you know, uh, cheating again by doing another Greece video for this, uh, 
for this hijinks um, that I have coming up next. Uh, actually, Ooh. one video after, because next next week's video yeah. is, is is a history summarized uh, surprise. Um, but yeah. oh, that one's gonna be so much fun. Um, so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah there dude. are a lot of lot of tough topics that we tackle on this video uh, mm -hmm. on this channel. Um, channel. A lot of tough video say, topics we uh, tackle on this channel. I can speak English. This is why <laughs> I like being pre-recorded because when I do dumb shit like that, I'm just like, ah, oh, yes. No, that's fake. That's nope. that's too small of a thing to edit out. Yeah. Weird. Sorry, bro. <laughs> well, that, that taught us a lesson about our mistakes. Go big or go home. Uh, I will say, uh, in, re in the response to the Cold War video, uh, I a lot of those comments were clearly like, I went into this video waiting for you to mention my favorite thing, and then you didn't, and now I hate you. And it's like, all right, well, that's not his fault. That's... You should have tempered your expectations, my dude. This I is a YouTube push video trying to cover the entire Cold War. I, having read all of the comments, uh, saw that happening only a very uh, small amount of times. Oh, Jesus. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Those were the ones I saw no, near the top they, for a they, while. They cropped up like, to the top, but they kind of really? came back down. Most people were, you know, pretty pleased with, with how it turned out or saying that I, like, shortchanged the ideology of communism, which, like, sure, but this isn't a video about communism and the distinction between, like, Marxist-Leninism and Stalinism is kind of a moot point because, like, uh, Stalinism is the one that happened. Uh, so that's before the one that we I'm go into this about. too far. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, sure, like, Marx had a lot of ideas that no, are worth no. discussing. <laughs> Come but... on, man. What? It's the first episode. Why would we invite the Marxists again? <laughs> well, Hey, everyone. Yell at us about communism twice. We're starting out spicy. <laughs> Do we want to... I'm confused. Do we want to? Do we want to go back? Just tank our podcast no, no, no. There, there's no need to right go back. It's just like okay. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's funny. She's <laughs> like, no. But yeah, I mean, like, some people were expecting a much more nuanced discussion of like communist ideology, and this, my friend, yeah. was not the video for that. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Well, to completely uh, jump away right. from communism, Blockio of the Dark Lunch Gang asks Red, "What is the best thing to have Ooh, for dark lunch?" Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, my dark lunch preferences are actually pretty simple. Uh, I like to treat dark lunch as uh, pre-breakfast. So, I get out the skillet, and I fry up some hash browns, and like, eggs, and toast, and a uh, pro tip on the toast, don't toast it and then butter it, <laughs> fry it in butter. Uh. It's way worse for you, but it tastes amazing. Um, so yeah, that's just, uh, that, that's my simple formula. It's basically just like a healthy breakfast, but you're eating it at one in the morning. Hell yeah. Oh, it was pretty short, actually. Uh, maybe we're getting nice. good at yeah, this. I, Indigo, you, you, you set us up with, with two comments that were basically recipes for a disaster. Because, like, what's your hottest take? What was the thing in the last video that you hated? <laughs> and then suddenly Snacks. Red gets a softball with dark lunch. <laughs> it was two recipes for disaster and one recipe for dark lunch. And Thomas E. asks, Here is one for the map enthusiasts. How do you make the maps for history episodes? Ooh. I just love the style and level of detail on them. Thank you. Um, it's a process. Uh, it is a multi-step process. Um, I am not an artist. I can't draw. You've all seen the April Fool's video about Les Mis. You know what's up. I've I've gotten marginally better at drawing tablets since yeah. then, but yeah. only marginally. Um, yeah. The thing is... With, with the maps, I, I went through a lot of iteration on them over time. Um, I started with no maps, and then I had, like, maps that I got on the internet and just kind of, like, threw up in, like, really, like, you know, classic JPEG fashion of, like, mm -hmm. I'm not doing any Ken Burns. This is just, like, a static image. There's, like, huge black bars on the side. Anyway, um, <laughs> and then I got to, like, making some of my own maps with, with Photoshop and uh, a NASA software called G Projector, where you can just like get a projection of the world on like any angle, any like zoom distance, water features or not, 
And then I, I take, like, if I'm doing a map of Greece, it's like, okay, I'll zoom into the part of Greece I want and, and, and take a template of that. And then I save that, I run it through Photoshop to get it entirely in black and white, and then I take that into um, a program called WonderDraft, um, which is usually used for, like, fantasy map, mapping, uh, fantasy map making. And then I tidy it up by um, adding some, like, mountain effects and yada yada yada. Then I throw that back into Photoshop and then isolate the layers, put a texture of, uh, like, a marble um, with some, like, light effects to make it look like water in the back layer, and then I isolate the outlines to make the coasts all nice and dark, um, and then I put on a marble texture on a clipping mask for the main land masses, and then I paint on top of it with a um, soft edge brush uh, on the multiply mode to get it so that it's like, there is clearly this like red color on top of the map, but it's not blocking the marble texture or the mountains. So it was an iterative process through, you know, a lot of different versions of it. First, I was just doing like really kind of crappy looking, um, like faux parchment maps, just like straight drawn on, um, at like 50% opacity and they looked really janky. Um, and then I did... Um, for my early Rome videos, I had like some of the marble texturing and stuff, and it was a little better, but eventually with my Malta video, um, I finally got into doing like the new, or no, it was Scotland. Um, my Scotland video was the first one where I did um, like the, the Wonder Draft version, which is like now like the, the gold standard of how I do my maps. Um, mm. And it looks real nice and I'm just very happy with it. Um, as for getting like the land masses and stuff, there are a lot of um, channels that have like the history of such and such thing every year. Uh, Ollie by Emperor Tiger Star, friend of the channel oh, yeah. actually. Um, uh, just to like look up like here is like the Ottoman Empire every year from start to end and then I just take screen caps like overlay it onto my map and just like color inside the lines baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's a process and it takes a long time and especially if I have a video where it's like I need to make 75 god damn maps for this video on the Cold War because I need to show what was happening everywhere. Uh, so that can be kind of frustrating sometimes, but then I get like a lowball, like, oh, just do some maps about like Greece for the Peloponnesian War. <laughs> and I'm like, cool, I need to draw like five maps and then it's the best thing ever. Um, so it's a process, but uh, it has been refined over many years and is one of the things that I most enjoy doing because like, it just, it looks nice. Like, yeah, sure, it's a map, it conveys information, but like, it's marble. It looks pretty. Uh, so I'm 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 very satisfied with uh, with the way that they uh, have turned out and continue to get better over the years. I've learned just desaturate the heck out of that thing. A lot of my old maps are way too oversaturated. Yeah. It hurts my eyes to go back to some videos. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I always look forward to the Greek videos because those maps are just the perfect aspect ratio oh, to fit yeah. to frame. And then you give me a map like Britain, yeah. and I'm like, okay, <laughs> what am I gonna do with oh, this? Oh, do we? <laughs> That's what panning yeah. is for. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That's why, like, whenever I have Britain in a video, it's like, uh, I have to make the left edge of the frame go, like, 70,000 miles into the Atlantic Ocean so that we can fit the whole thing in. Um, I wish we could just take the YouTube monitor and just twist it so that it was in Yeah, we're just doing mode. vertical video for this video on Britain because I can't be fucked to show all of the Atlantic Ocean off to uh, the side. Well, we got our... Last question for the podcast, and then we'll sign off and give you a little update on what's coming down the pipe. Krezix asks, a studio comes up to you and pitches OSP the movie. What's it about? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> now, that th there's a lot of, like, layers to this. Is it a movie about OSP, or is it, like, OSP given rain, or given free reign to make a video, or a movie, video, to make a movie about, like, a topic <laughs> that we do on our channel? Because I feel like if we want, like... A blockbuster success we make a journey to the west movie but like if we were to make a movie about osp it would just be like 
75, like, uncut minutes of, like, Red and I just sitting at our desks, like, doodling on drawing tablets, like, yeah. paging between tabs on, like, information on a topic. Every once in a while, we set up a microphone and license. record a video for an hour, and then it wouldn't be very interesting to, to watch. We the Great British Bake Off, because that's what I've been listening to in the background of everything I've been doing for the last two we weeks. We get, like, 17 copyright strikes for all the Zelda oh, music God. I listen I think, to when um, I work. Well, first of all, I will say, uh, Journey yeah. to the West really needs to be a miniseries. It's just too long for a movie you wouldn't be able to get any kind of process or like catharsis or death mm. we need to pretend one of the recurring bad guys is the bad guy it's just a problem <laughs> um i feel like if we were making like osp the movie as in hey we're gonna take these characters and like make a movie about them doing fun things in theme with the channel time travel would need to be involved oh yeah uh, or some kind of like oh what's this magic portal or whatever we have to like stage a time travel heist to go back and get as much stuff from the library of alexandria as we can fit and just everyone has to have like their <gasps> hacker like got to have like the tech guy the honeypot you know just the sign character roles wait <laughs> no that's amazing a heist movie with fucking time travel <laughs> Time heist, time oh, heist. Okay, oh, wait, no, a that's better, what Endgame was. A better it. heist movie with time travel. Uh, uh, but yeah, oh man, man. Like set up like Ocean's Eleven, but like you're going back in time to rob the Library of Alexandria before it gets burned and like somebody falls in love with someone back in time and it's like, oh no. Instead of uh, Ocean's Eleven, it's Mare Nostrum X High. <laughs> and then obviously somebody accidentally uh, ends up being the one who burns down the Library of Alexandria. Oh, of course. We it's need Caesar. an antagonist it's to Caesar. come back to. True it's, to history, it's, it's Caesar. Caesar. Maybe Caesar's the antagonist. Maybe we keep just running into problems with him. Or he's the guy who's like trying to do the heist. But then, like, in the process of pulling off the heist, he accidentally triggers. It's like the Doctor Who episode where they burn down Pompeii. It's like they try to stop it, but then uh, it becomes their fault. Their and that's, fault. like, the hubris of time travel. Stop it. Oh, wait, no, it totally was their it, fault. No, I yeah, I, I was going to push back. It is actually their fault. Yeah, I remember. And now it's like, oh, no, we have to kill Pompeii. What a tragedy. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that does suck. Maybe favorite, you shouldn't have visited. Anyway. Favorite factoid about that episode is that the family that they meet is the family from yeah. the Cambridge Latin course because all the people who like were on the Doctor Who show did the Cambridge Latin course. So they're like, we're going to put like our boy, Caecilius Qui oh, Est Pater in this episode. In the Time Heist movie, yeah. uh, we need to keep running into people who are like, oh, what was her name? Oh, that's Cleopatra. <gasps> really? But it just like gets more ridiculous. It's like, wow, Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> I had no idea you were around here. <laughs> Wow, the famous Charles Dickens. <laughs> but we never leave the time space of the Library of Alexandria. <laughs> Better yet, you guys should have to... <laughs> you should have to go throughout time to build your team for the heist first. So you start the movie, you're yeah. going through, and you're, you're picking up the historical figures like... Uh, Bill and Ted style, and you're just grabbing whoever you want to be on your heist yeah. team. So I guess the next question would be then, who is your time travel heist team made Fictional of? characters need to be allowed because I want Edmond Dantes <laughs> as the face of the group. <laughs> that man is a master of disguise. Make it so. <clears throat> uh, okay, so yeah. I think, do we want to make Caesar the protagonist? I think or Caesar is he has the to be the antagonist. Maybe he like okay. doesn't know what's going on. He's like the antagonist. He's like the dupe who we're trying to like, you know, fool and like like oh is he Anne Hathaway so we can get to the library is he the Anne Hathaway no no Anne Hathaway becomes a good guy at the end of that movie okay I, but like, she is, like but like in in the first oh, part of yeah, Ocean's yeah, yeah. 8 like Anne Hathaway yeah, is she, the uh, basically yeah. Julius Caesar is the Anne Hathaway okay. as played by Anne Hathaway I say <laughs> I think that we should just really let her show her range again I mean she did so well in Les Mis <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> but yeah okay so Julius Caesar is the dupe 
But I think when he finds out, he like becomes a bigger antagonist. Mm. Like rather than her being like, yeah. I need more female friends. Let's hang yeah. and, and like honeypot my boyfriend. I will say watching that movie the first time I was like, oh, it's weird. Their team doesn't have a honeypot. And then Anne Hathaway was like, hey, I'm joining your gang. And I was like, ah, that's why. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so we start. I think we need to get Da Vinci in here somehow oh, because yeah, yeah. he's going to run yeah. tech. Yeah. Obviously. obviously. Yeah. We get Da Vinci. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, Behind the flying mm, machine. Mm. Da Vinci just like <laughs> furiously pedaling on his ornithopter to get around. Yeah, guy in the, the ornithopter. Library. Yeah, um, I okay, think okay. Hmm. you could make a pitch for Alcibiades being hmm. the honeypot. I mean, he's classically yes, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. We don't even need to get him for the group. He's just already schmoozing on Caesar. When we get there, it's like, oh, that's useful. Yeah, we were gonna pitch Cleopatra, but she turns out she's way more useful in the political department. So. Cleopatra's like, I have fun with your games. I have work to do, boys. <laughs> yeah, all right, guys. Yeah, okay. Alcibiades is just running the an empire pot. here. Um, okay, okay. Uh, let's see. I, I need to think. I need to think beyond like the the classical world and Renaissance Italy okay, setting that which I'm of so Arthur's like stuck do we in. Recruit? Um, Lancelot, I obviously. Think... No, are you kidding? Lancelot will screw up the case the minute he lays eyes on yeah, Cleopatra. Yeah, and that makes for narrative tension. <laughs> yeah, actually, no. Lancelot wouldn't be with Cleopatra because he's a strictly one woman guy. <laughs> but uh, he definitely screw things up some other way because Lancelot. All right, Galahad sucks. then. Galahad's pretty good, but he might get whisked away okay. by angels halfway through the mission, and then it's like, ah, oh, we shoot. totally need Robin. No, wait. Oh, okay, sorry. Sorry, hold on. Uh, of Arthur's Knights, we get Dinadon, because he's the funny one, and we need some comic relief. And we definitely get, we, we aim for Robin Hood, but we actually get Maid Marian. And we don't notice for a while, because she's such an ass oh, kicker in the original balance. She, like, has the reveal where she pulls off the hood and the hair just spills out. And we're like, oh, shit, we got the wrong one. But you know what? This is kind of okay anyway. All right. Okay. This is really coming together. We, hmm. I'm trying to think. I'm hmm. scrolling through our most recent videos to try and find something uh, <laughs> something to work with. So, so far you've got your muscle, you've got Maid Marian, right? You've got your honeypot and Alcibiades. You've got your tech guy, your guy in the chair. That's Leonardo da Vinci. You've pulled in, uh, what's his name from the Arthurian Knights, the funny one, to be your comic relief. Dinadon. Okay, here's, here's the B plot. At some point in the heist, we accidentally kidnap Tripitaka. <laughs> 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 and then, like, the rest of the crew is just oh, no. after us the whole time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the reason the library burns oh, down is because Sun Wukong shows up and just yeah. does his impulsive yeah. thing. He does oh, his gosh. thing where everything ends up on fire around him. And it's like, no, the library. And Caesar's like, ah, oh, he beat me to it. Oh, that's oh, funny. Well. It's brilliant. Perfect. Well, I'll call up some studio execs. I think we got a real pitch on our hand. Uh, but I think that's all the time that we have. Hello, for Mr. Today. Disney. I've got something you, guys... you need to see. <laughs> You guys have a what channel? Oh, God. If you ever want to experience purgatory, try explaining what YouTube is to a lawyer. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we had to do that one time. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's so fun. <clears throat> so, uh, we're... We're wrapping it up, I think. Or yeah, yep. this was. Yeah, uh, I feel like this was a rousing success. Uh, yeah, hopefully, um, this is exactly what you all wanted to hear. <laughs> I was going to say what you all wanted to see, but nope, that's not right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. This is this is so new and exciting. We don't have any like live game issues to worry about. There's no uh, lag. People can't actually put this on in the background and not worry about it because there's nothing to even look at. Yeah. Ugh, magnificent. Beautiful. Um, this has been great. Uh, upcoming stuff. I mean, like, you know, as always, new videos are out on Friday. Uh, the next episode of the podcast will be out two weeks from today. We're doing this bi-weekly, not bi-weekly, but yes, bi-weekly. Not, not, not that bi-weekly, this bi-weekly. Uh, the other one. Yeah, 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 that one. The, yeah, the bi-weekly that that's also yep. bi-monthly, which we could just say, but yeah. not, not that bi-monthly, this bi-monthly. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> God. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, we got, um, we got, 
history summarized coming out this week. I think. Oh, what's coming out? Oh, I remember what's coming out next week. It's gonna be fun. Um, yeah, and, it's uh, uh, it's it is a uh, deliberate inversion of Columbus Day for uh, for Indigenous Peoples Day. So yep, yep. Um, we're going to uh, the. I, I was going to say Western Hemisphere, but that's not even technically correct. So no. have fun. Yeah. Uh, have fun guessing what that what that implies. Uh, uh, and we've got, let, me just, let me just check the uh, the next scheduled videos on my end. Uh, I think we got a semi-short myth coming up. Uh, oh, no, my Wi-Fi. In my hubris. Okay, we're good. Uh, uh, short-ish myth followed by um, a kind of interesting Halloween special. Uh, I oh, yeah, hope, that one's fun. I hope it's good. It's not quite like I've done in previous years, but uh, I, I hope you guys enjoy it anyway. Uh, more on that later. And, uh, yeah, so uh, let me just pull up the outro script. <coughs> uh, thank you all so much for listening. And if you want more of that sweet, sweet OSP content, go check out our channel on YouTube, which, uh, I, I'm, if you haven't heard of it, it's pretty fun. We're, we're, we're decently funny. We're kind of a big deal. You may have heard of us. <coughs> uh, if you want to ask a question for the next pod, you can follow the link in the description to uh, the Ask OS Pod channel on Discord for a chance for your question to be featured on air. We answered, like, four questions on this one. We'll, we'll get better with time. We We're got, sorry to like, the other, like, 50,000 of you. Several hundred. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll get better. Uh, but, yeah, until next time, I've been Red. I've been Blue. And this has been an Overly Sarcastic Podcast. That's a wrap on the first episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. We are currently out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We got support for Stitcher and other platforms coming in the future, so keep an eye out on Discord and Twitter for updates about that. As we get approved, we'll let you guys know. Looking for more OSP? Links to our Discord, YouTube channel, and Patreon are all available in the description below. You can catch the next episode on Wednesday, October 14th, and if you get a chance and are just really vibing with the content we've put out, please rate us or leave a comment on whatever platform you're using.